Radio. Conversations with Daniel Noor. Tackling the tough questions on cradio.org.au. Conversations with Daniel Noor is an edgy, topical podcast featuring an expert on a hot topic in society, speaking to me. Every couple of weeks, you can tune in and get up to speed. Don't fake it. Know what Catholicism says about the stuff that matters. I'm here today at the Mary MacKillop House, joined by Archbishop, or rather the Maronite Bishop of Australia, His Grace Antoine Charbel Tarabay. Uh, this is the annual Bishops' Conference Plenary, and I'm lucky to have His Grace with me today to discuss the plight of Christians in the Middle East. Bishop Antoine Tarabay studied theology at the University of Holy Spirit in Catholic Lebanon. He served in many different capacities, uh, but was appointed by uh, Pope Francis himself, as a matter of fact, as the fourth bishop of the Maronite Diocese of Australia in 2013. I'm very lucky to have him with us. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Dan. So, uh, having expertise in the subject matter and having travel to the region. It's been five months, as a matter of fact, since a group of Australian Catholic bishops travelled to the region. Our listeners would really love to know, Your Grace, a little bit about the current situation of the plight of Christians in the Middle East, and perhaps the, um, the content of the report that you gave to the other bishops here at the conference. Firstly, I'd like uh, to greet all the listeners to this interview, and... Uh, especially uh, in this month of May dedicated to the veneration of, of Our Lady, uh, Help of Christians, which is uh, something that altogether we, we will be praying the Mother of God and uh, asking her intercession for all the Christians around the world, especially the Christians in the Middle East. And uh, in the, in the uh, Eastern theology, or Middle Eastern theology of the churches there, um, we have this kind of devotion to the Mother of God, and uh, we we have a, a specific prayer in in times of uh, of uh, persecution and in times of difficulties that we we uh, we used to to pray that prayer, saying that we're running, we're going to uh, to her to Our Lady as a refuge for all of us. Now, the, the question about the plight of the Christians in the Middle East, it's not new. And um, we know the, the history of the Church and the history of Christianity throughout the ages. Um, we have a lot of uh, difficult times, a lot of persecution, a lot of martyrs, but at the same time we have a lot of, I will say, graces, a lot of blessings, a lot of saints that they are making the history of the church as it is now. In the Middle East in particular, we're talking about the area where the Lord was born and lived, died, was crucified, and he uh, was also risen from among the dead. So we're talking about Jerusalem, mm. which is from my city in Lebanon and Jerusalem, if we're allowed to drive, it's two hours drive. So we're talking about uh, the Christians in the Middle East, it's the cradle of Christianity, 
And uh, we know that at the moment uh, it's facing um, some kind of persecution that I would say never heard before. Um, uh, we as bishops, um, we are like uh, at the moment uh, following up what's happening there. Mm. Uh, and, and you said it was kind of a new level of persecution, is that right? Is that fair? Yeah, which is, I would say, it's a new level and uh, we have, we've never heard of this kind of uh, persecution with the beheading and the mm. killing and the, uh, the violence and then the way that things are going. Um, yeah, uh, and especially we learned more from our visit to the uh, to the to Iraq to the, uh, to the Christians to the displaced Christian there in Iraq. They told us about their stories and and with tears and with suffering because some of the girls disappeared mm. from their family. They were kidnapped and taken from their families, and also um, uh, uh, the way that they were treated by uh, by the. Uh, Islamic uh, fundamentalist and uh, extremist like the the ISIL was something uh, unexpected, which was to- totally unexpected. And um, there we we uh, we need to like keep our attention to uh, the, the 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 voice and then the cry and the 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 voice and the uh, of these of of those Christians. They are looking at us and then and asking for mercy and asking for support. Mm. You say it's unexpected as though the uh, insurgency in Iraq, and we know that ISIS uh, has its base there, if you like, came upon people as a surprise. But persecution, especially sectarian violence, has always occurred, as far as I know, and in my knowledge of the Middle East, has always been there. Well, just why now should we care about the struggles of Christians in the Middle East? Um, firstly, I'm very grateful for my brother Bishop, with uh, with who we we made the trip to Iraq and to the uh, my brother, the Catholic Church and the Orthodox Church and the Assyrian Church. All together, we uh, they responded very positively mm. to the uh, to, to the appeal and. Uh, of going there and visiting the Christians and showing support and uh, showing compassion uh, uh, because uh, I would say the first reaction of uh, the Christians there was uh, they said to us you know, they were feeling if they were forgotten no one is caring about them and they are, they, they, they are uh, under persecution under like a uh, lot of uh, of pressure, a lot of difficulty, facing a lot of difficulties with the children, with the women, with the elderly, and as if no one is caring about them. So this is, I'm very grateful, and it was good that we decided to go there, not on, only to send some, some like, I would say, financial aid or like yeah. some, some material. It's good to go there and to talk to them, to it listen a, to it them. It was a convoy of bishops, wasn't yeah. it? It was a number of seven, different communities, seven bishops. Seven bishops, yeah. It was both Orthodox and Catholic. And Assyrian. And well. Assyrian, yeah. okay. So this is one aspect. The other aspect, as you can feel from the Christians there, um, it's that uncertainty. Because when we listen to their stories, they will tell you about like in the past, they suffered something, but it wasn't 
with this atrocity, with this kind of like uh, being this much violent. Mm. So, and now being displaced from the Mosul, from Karakosh, from that area to Erbil, to the Kurdistan area. On the border of Iraq. On the border of Iraq. They said they don't know what will happen next. They don't know if they can go back to their homes and to their uh, life, to the, uh, or they can stay where they are, mm. or they can leave, they can immigrate. Mm. And it's very hard to manage the situation with the people they don't know what's happening tomorrow. Mm. And this is the uncertainty that we, will, we, we, we faced during our visit. And as the people, they were asking us questions and they, want, they wanted answers from us and we don't have. Mm. What can we tell them? It's a very much complicated political situation in the Middle East at the moment. And there is a lot of changes happening when it, it comes to government and countries. And so therefore, it is in the middle of the confusion. I suppose it is so confusing that people feel powerless. I certainly feel powerless when I think about the, the political complications in Iraq, about which I know enough to say that it is hard for people to get their rights, and not just because of outside persecution, but possibly because of their own governments and the failures of their own governments. So if you could tell us, I suppose, about um, who's accountable and who's at fault, who's at fault for the homelessness and for the persecution and for the death of, um, of those Christians, say, in Iraq specifically? Um. Yeah, to like uh, to come to to a, a an answer about that question, uh, there is many factors, and uh, there is a lot of background there, political background, religious background, and also futuristic background. Mm. So here we 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 if we we want to identify the responsible for the persecution of the Christians. Um, I would say at the moment, uh, for sure, there is groups from uh, of a Islamic background behind that. I'm not saying that Islam is persecuting persecuting Christians. There is some groups, some extremist group. They are after that. They are they will be held responsible for that persecution. However, if we go to the uh, macro politics of the Middle East at the moment, we can say that it looks like the the real fight in the Middle East at the moment it's not like between the Christians and the Muslims. The Christians are not fighting, mm. so they are like I would say uh, they are uh, at the middle of a, a big fight happening uh, between the Muslim Sunni and the Muslim Shia. Right, and the Christians are not the target. The the main target, but they are the target of some small groups. Outside. Is that also beyond Iraq the case, or is yeah, that just this in is Iraq? Yeah, the same situation in Syria. In Syria as well. Which is the Christians are a bit at the middle between the fight between the regime and the Alawi regime supported by the Shia and uh, the Christians against the uh, the uh, Islam the uh, Islamic State itself. The Islamic State not only and the rebels, which is most of them, they are from the Muslim Sunni. Right. So here the Christians are not the target. 
but as like a main target of that war but they are small targets when it comes to some position or some cities mm. and I believe uh, we the the Christians should understand that and they understand that in the, in the Middle East and we understand that from that perspective that it's not a war against the Christians but they are the Christians are uh, are like uh, kind of collateral yeah collateral or like uh, they are under under uh, they are at the middle of that situation mm. could you tell us a little bit about the plight of Christians in Lebanon your race yeah, in Lebanon at the moment um, we can say that the church in Lebanon is suffering but not from persecution is suffering because there is a lot of needs from the refugee and from in Lebanon and the church is not able to cater for all these needs mm. we're talking about a country of four millions and we have maybe four one, million you say four millions and we have around one million one million point five of refugees wow can you imagine in Australia we are a population of 23 millions and in one year you are, you're having seven millions or eight millions coming to your country not without border control policy <laughs> <laughs> so I, I believe this is the, the situation where the church and the Christians are suffering with the presence uh, the high presence of the refugee and the other aspect is with among the young people the young Lebanese not only the young Christians it's the question of uh, employment mm. We're talking about 52% of unemployment in Lebanon at the moment. Mm. And it's a real suffering for this generation that they finish studies, they finish uni, no job. No job. Do you think that aggravates the tendency for some young Muslims to join uh, aggressive political parties or worse yet, militant Islamic groups? Yeah, very good question because when you have... Uh, left you've left with nothing in your hands you take the first option mm. and sometimes the first option is not the best and in this uh, in this scenario it's the worst of something that you uh, the worst of evil outside to go and to fight with the islamic state or to be involved in war in this kind of war mm. which is some of the people they are making that option and if it is with the Islamic State or with Hezbollah, they are making like an option to go and to fight, which is it's not the option that we'd like our uh, young Lebanese to take. And and both Hezbollah and the Islamic State have uh, a political presence as well. In is that not the case for uh, certainly Hezbollah for Lebanon is not just uh, uh, an offshoot militant group, but in, is involved with Parliament. Is it's it not? Hezbollah is a political party and they have also the military group yeah so but and they have member of parliament so they they do uh, play a big role in the life uh, in the political life of Lebanon yeah yeah um, what's your understanding of the situation in Egypt um, at the moment I believe uh, the situation is uh, is fair uh, and uh, towards the uh, the Christians and the Coptics there. However, I will say the Christians there shouldn't take the situation for granted. They need to like uh, be uh, working to make sure uh, they keep 
uh, their rights and their entitlements and then they move towards more freedom of practicing their faith mm. in Egypt. Certainly it's a season of transition with the revolution uh, in the last couple of years, meaning that things were touch and go there for the Christian community and seemingly unstable. But as you said, um, that's something to, to work towards for stability. Moving now back home, is the media, and there are so many revelations, Your Grace, that I've just heard from you now that have not been, I mean, for example, the uh, radicalization of, of, of young Muslims in Lebanon, for example, the um, refugee status of Christian communities in Iraq, not a lot of thorough treatment has been given by the Western media to these issues. What's your take on that? Is the media giving the plight of Eastern Christians enough treatment? I would say the, the situation and the persecution of the Christians in the Middle East, if it is left without remedy, without treatment, is not going to heal itself. Mm. And uh, therefore, there is a role to be played by uh, many entities, including the media. So the civil society, the church, the media, the charitable organization, all of them should play a good role to, um, to, uh, to find a remedy, to support firstly the persecuted people and the refugees, the displaced, and secondly to like help in finding solution for that conflict. Um, saying the media uh, is not giving justice to the persecution of minorities and the Christians in the Middle East. Minorities and Christians, you yes. say. Um, which is sometimes you hear that uh, there is a lot of uh, killing or like people who, uh, will be like persecuted and you barely hear about it in the media, in the Western media. Mm. And here I would say if we're, we really want to like defend uh, human rights and uh, human life, and especially when it comes to uh, minorities, as we say the Christians are like a minority in, in, in the Middle East, the media should be like be more involved, more taking part, more active part in promoting the injustice happening through the persecution of the Christians mm, there, mm. which is not happening. It's not happening. I, I, I would say it's not happening at all. It is happening, but in a very small scale. So we'd like to give it justice and to be more fair in making the coverage that it should, uh, it should be done for this kind of matters, especially when it comes to protecting and promoting human rights. Do you say the plight of Christians in the Middle East as a Christian issue? And purely so? No. I'm saying, let's start first. It's a human, a humanitarian issue. We're talking about the basic human rights, about any person has a right to live, has a right to the freedom of speech, the freedom of religion, and the freedom of, uh, of acquiring properties. Yeah. So starting with these basic elements, it's not happening. Secondly, when, it, when we say we speak about the freedom of uh, religion, freedom of conscience, also it's very hard to 
like practice uh, the faith or any other faith other than Islam in the Islamic countries. Mm. Most of them, not all of them. And thirdly, the the uh, the question is about uh, where from here if we're not doing anything to stop an atrocity of this of this kind happening what will happen next what will happen next so therefore I'm, I'm, I'm saying it's not the question of only like persecutions of, of Christians it's more than that it's, it's more, beyond that more more is at stake and you say it's a hu- it's a humanitarian crisis we've also heard so much about the destruction of the heritage of I suppose of the human race that's happening in yeah. Iraq with the um, destruction of artifacts in, in museums in Baghdad. Yes. That's just one example, I suppose, of the kind of thing that you're talking about. Now, for the individual listening, for the listener at home, just living their life, you know, busy with their own commitments, what can we do? And it seems so enormous. Is there something we can do to help? Um, firstly, uh, I believe the f- uh, we're, we are... We are all called um, to pray the Lord and uh, to trust uh, the Christians, uh, to entrust the Christians of the Middle East to the care of Our Lady and uh, to the to 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 the uh, uh, to the mercy of God. Mm. The second, which is what we we did as as a church, and I would say this is the first time that we have initiative, uh, ecumenical initiative including Catholic bishop, Eastern bishop, and Assyrian bishop to go and to do something together for a good cause like this one, the persecution of Christian, which is, I believe, it shouldn't be once off. It should be like we need to continue thinking of uh, our brothers, brothers and sisters and persecution, knowing that what's happening there, it's not only there, it has a real impact on our uh, people here, the Middle Eastern people here, and we'll talk about more than one million in Australia. They are from Middle Eastern background. Mm, in so, the community. Yeah. So therefore, it's it's not like as we m- some people might think that it's happening there. Nothing to do with us here. It has a big impact on the communities here and mm. on the life of the communities here. So this is from this aspect. Therefore. Uh, what we we uh, we would like to to tell our uh, listeners that the two things that we should be working for it's firstly uh, uh, we will be like trying to be peacemakers among each other among and helping the Middle Eastern communities Muslims and Christians and between the Muslims each other to to like uh, to live in harmony and peace between each other and secondly, to support the refugees and the displaced. We, we will uh, be launching some appeals, maybe once a year, because I believe the situation is not going to finish soon. It's a long saga for them, and we have to keep supporting them and keep supporting the presence of the church in the Middle East. Um, as I said in my, report, in my report, that... Uh, the situation is going to go for long time and this is what we know uh, and, and uh, I would say 
it will go for long time and we don't know until when but what we know that we need to show compassion and mercy towards the suffering church in the Middle East. Mm. Is there a financial mechanism that might be helpful? Uh, we did an appeal before Christmas, which is, it was, uh, we had very good response, uh, and it was around uh, half a million, mm. a little bit less than that, and this money was uh, sent to Iraq, most of it at uh, also to Lebanon, to Caritas Lebanon. Um, and now uh, we did a Lenten appeal and we sent a container of food and clothes to Lebanon mm. and to Iraq. And in the future, other initiative will be taken for sure. Your Grace, we thank you so much for joining us today. I, uh, I'm sure that our listeners have benefited from uh, this breakdown of an enormous, enormous swathe of, of information and a huge and complicated uh, region. But um, we do thank you for your insights and for your expertise. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Daniel. And uh, we, in, in our discussion after our report in the, in the plenary for the uh, Australian Bishop Conference, the Catholic Australian Bishop Conference, we decided to keep the, uh, the working party, the seven bishops that uh, we, we went to Iraq. Uh, we will be meeting again to, uh, to think about what will be next. And I thank you again for your time, and may God bless you and bless this country, Australia. Lots to listen here on Cradio, other podcasts for your enjoyment. You've been listening to Conversations with Daniel Moore. You've been listening to an episode of Conversations with Daniel Noor. And for more episodes of Conversations, and for more talks, interviews, and shows, visit cradio.org.au.